Hey everyone, this is Noor, and we're back for the summer season of the Radical Contemporary Podcast with Inertia and Egypt's Entrepreneur Awards, also known as the EEAs, bringing you some of the most influential, pioneering, and powerful minds in the country to take us through how they managed to achieve success and to strive for greatness. I like hearing it a lot because uh, you have to have your own trademark, but I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is, but any person who goes into any space, they can kind of guess that it's Beit Nadia. In this episode, I speak to interior designer and furniture designer Nadia Selim, the founder of Beit Nadia and co-founder of Noon for Contemporary and Modern Furniture. We speak about finding inspiration in spaces, pinpointing your own personal style, playing with materials and creating homes that feel like a sanctuary for their owners. If you find a red shoe that you like, please send me. The right. detailing, the color, the, the fact that you are attracted to this pop of color will help me. And now to my conversation with Nadia. I'm here with Nadia Salem at Beit Nadia. And I'm really excited about this because I've been actually like looking at your work in person for a good year and a half now. And I always used to ask people, I'm like, so who's this girl? And like, how does she get her design inspiration? All of these questions that I've been wanting to know. So here we are. So what was your first creative memory? Hi, Noor. First of all, I'm Hello. really happy to uh, join your podcast. I've been uh, hearing a lot about it. And I've, I've been actually listening to some of your podcasts. It's very interesting. And I'm glad to be a part of it. My first creative memory was actually interior related or like space related was when we were finishing our house in Elguna we actually hired an interior designer her name is Shrikor and uh, she actually really inspired me to uh, get into this field and that was my very first interest in in this field I was quite young uh, and even my parents were were laughing about it. They're like, you're, you're a child. What do you know about interiors or what right. you're going to do later on in life? Generally, I think all children have a creative uh, side, whether it's, it's drawing, painting, even like uh, working on puzzles, which was mm. my, which was my thing. I think every 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 little child has a creative memory. What attracted you most about like Shrikar's work or what about what she did at the house? Was it the colors, kind of like the furniture she used? Do you remember specifically? I was just very, very interested in, in, in how the process went and how can she do something on paper and, and turn it into a space, into reality. It was just very inspiring to me and, and it was quite incredible. What I really liked as well is Shrikar had, had, had finished this or completed this project maybe I think like 12 or 15 years ago uh, and until today anyone who enters that house is quite impressed by the design so it's kind of timeless. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine you know, you know, 15 years ago you, you've completed a project 15, 15 years later it's still relevant. So what did you study actually? I studied the interior design and spatial design. Uh, I did two, uh, two different courses or two different uh, degrees actually. I completed uh, a year in Italy. It was uh, mostly interior design and product design. And then I did uh, a two-year intense degree, um, bachelor's, to complete my bachelor's in London in Chelsea College of Art and Design. And this was more of the spatial interior design part. 
how much of it was practical and how much of it was kind of like real life experiences, going to spaces, seeing galleries, kind of. Yeah, I feel like when you study abroad, Bordeaux, you get a lot from the environment around you. 100%. You get inspired by everything around you. And especially when you're working or like you're completing a project, which is actually, it's applicable now when I'm working as well. But in, in, in university, it's kind of a bit more on the conceptual side. Right. Uh, but I was lucky enough in Italy actually uh, the, the, the first year that I, I, I went to university there uh, we had our, our teachers were all from the field working professionals I actually got a lot of experience from that and we practiced a lot of technical a lot of technical know-how and drawings and it was more technical and more real life okay than uh, the more conceptual, spatial design that I later did, which I think balanced out uh, my work now. What was a building, for example, or a space that you remember really well from that time that kind of inspired your style today? There isn't a specific uh, space because you, you're always getting inspired by things around you, but generally I'm more attracted to timeless spaces that that you can always combine some modern elements you can remove these modern elements but the, the space will still remain timeless and, and special i'm always inspired by, by just generally everything everything around me whether it's it's architecture whether it's interior whether it's actually fashion everything everything around you inspires you one way or another so i want you to just explain to me for anyone who doesn't really grasp the term what the process of your work is as an interior designer from the beginning of taking a project to delivering it. So usually the first thing we do is we, we go look at the space, we get floor plans from the client, um, and then we have a sit down with a project brief or like a questionnaire with all our questions, starting from how, what, do they, what are their steps as soon as they wake up. What do they do? What's their daily routine? Um, what time they wake up? Um, what do they like? What do they dislike? Uh, more technical questions like, uh, they want one sink or two? Do they want a tub and a shower? We cover most of the questions. and of Lifestyle. Course, lifestyle. And of course, we developed this questionnaire by, by time and by space and by all of that. So this is the first step. We help the client understand more of what they want because maybe they they came and they don't really know what they want. So they get to question or get to reflect on what they need in their space. And we help them with that. And then we ask for some reference images. And sometimes the client comes with a certain um, layout. They want an extra room. They want to cancel the kitchen from the basement to the ground, whatever. It depends mm -hmm. uh, on each project uh, so we our first step is we do the interior architectural changes which are like proposing different uh, layouts okay with different uh, spacing all of that so you can actually switch up the layout of the house inside of it 100% cool. depending on what you need okay because I, I think that's also a misconception about interior designers that you cannot, that you take things as it is and you just like decorate, uh, 
pick yeah. the color of the walls uh, and just like furnish the space. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's a part of what we do. A okay. very small part of it because so many other details go into it. So we change up the layout if needed. And most of the time, we we kind of demolish all the walls and start from scratch. Interesting. Um, we work on some mood boards with some color palettes. Uh, and we kind of define the materials from the very start. Just to ensure that when we go to the next phase, which is the design, or like more of the 3D generated image. Uh, and usually that's the most, that's the fun part for the client. Because okay. that's, the, that's the part where they can visualize everything so it's kind of just uh making sure you're on the right track with the client this is the design direction they want all the detail details of the project are clear and then we take it from there once we take get the approval from the client we go into the construction package phase all the boring stuff technical details uh, lighting uh, the electricity where the acs will go where the the, the sizes of the I think these are the things that people don't think interior designers do. I think there's a huge misconception um, of the term. So like you said, just furniture, but you literally fit out the space and then you start furnishing and then you start coloring and styling and all this is at the end, (laughs) not at the beginning. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So then once that's done, then you come in and you can actually final touches. What makes a space feel alive and vibrant in your opinion? Yeah, I'm sitting in your office now and I feel like there are so many elements that are really positive and really energizing. So what do you would you like to have around you? Definitely each project in general is, is very special on its own. And usually you start on a, with a blank canvas. For me, it's usually lighting and how you style the project or how you accessorize, how you add your own personal touch to each project. Uh, Because you have some projects that are residential and you have people living there who are completely different than you, have different habits, it has to be personal in a way. And to me, that's what makes each project come alive and depends on on, on the project and and the... Do you have an example of any piece that you like to incorporate or a specific type of accessorizing or anything like that? It's always artwork. It's always artwork. It's always the styling part Mm. because that can completely change the space. So what do you mean by styling? Accessorizing, playing with fabrics, playing with materials. This always makes any project come alive. How did you develop a specific style for you? Because I think at the end of the day, there's this mix that you have to hit between the space being Beit Nadia and also the client's taste. And then in a way, every space I enter that you have worked on or your team has worked on, I feel like there's still that little touch that you can tell it was your work. So how did you kind of develop that? I don't see it. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone sees it. I don't really see it because I, I, I take each project on its own. Right. And each project has its own inspiration. Uh, I like hearing that. I like hearing it a lot because uh, you have to have your own trademark. But I don't know what it is. Uh, Interesting. I really don't know what it is. But any person who goes into any space, they can kind of guess that it's Beit Nadia. So it's nice. I don't see it. Mm. I, I feel like each project is, is completely different. So you don't think about any sort of consistency in that sense? No, generally I like to, to play with materials. I like to mix 
Yeah. Three or four elements together. Yeah. But I use try to use the same color palette or something that's that will mm. create harmony throughout the space. And then I'll pop it with mm. something. I don't see that there's something specific. What's a space that you feel you really got out of your comfort zone working on? Mostly with commercial projects. Okay. So not homes. Homes are more practical. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the sense that you that each client has a different lifestyle. Each client Definitely. has different routines throughout the day. So you have to accommodate. You learn a lot from right. residential projects. But you can't really go too crazy. Not always. In, in commercial projects, we're allowed to explore and dream a bit more. An example of something that was out of your comfort zone, you needed to find a specific way to like deliver this aesthetic. Uh, it's called Casa Talia. It's an arcane. It's an F&B concept. It's a new brand. It's a new, it's a new concept. And we actually the, did the design and the branding and everything from scratch because I've never done a complete branding concept before. I worked with a designer, a graphic designer. Her name is Salma Khudairi. Hmm. She's a good friend of mine also. But it made things a bit more challenging. Okay. Because you're trying to integrate both the design and the branding together. And we had so many details. So many details. Uh, ceiling, flooring, lighting, uh, greenery from the ceilings, artwork from the, from the walls to the ceiling to the floor. Like it was very difficult also to, to incorporate the, all the MEP and the technical works with the with the decorative or the creative out, outlook that you want in the very end, that was challenging, but right. you learned a lot as well. I've been in that space. Like I actually had dinner there recently. Okay. It's brilliantly detailed. I love Thank it. You. Like from the bathroom to the bar, to Thank all you. the different types of flooring, it must have been a lot of work and a lot of it, yeah, attention it, to... It, it really was, but again usually get inspired also by the client. Yeah. And how flexible they are as well. Um, I was also very lucky. My client was very flexible. He gave me the, the go for everything and anything I wanted. Creative freedom. Creative freedom. Okay. Financial freedom. <laughs> and um, it's, al it's always nice to work with people who also have experience. Yes. Because you kind of learn from them. Casa Italia, I feel like, is one of the spaces that people talked about a lot. Lots of Instagram posts, Instagrammable, as they say. It was really cool. So what's the most difficult parts of your job? Patience. Yeah. <laughs> Being patient uh, with the changes. Okay. Um, whether it's from the client or from uh, maybe a construction, uh, mm. construction work, something that maybe comes up on site that we weren't aware of so generally being patient with my clients with the changes with the timing for me this is the biggest challenge is just being patient throughout the whole process your projects they take time like obviously of it's not something that is overnight so you have to manage the team over time and expectations and all of that um, how has it been managing a team that's kind of quite large, actually? I walked in and there's quite a few people here. So how has that been? It's challenging yeah. because you're trying to juggle uh, a, a creative, a creative, creative work and creative work requires that you kind of disconnect 
a little bit, to be able to give your best. But at the same time, there are fac- other factors like uh, managing a, a team, uh, making sure the financial flow is, is coming in so you're right. able to maintain an office and to maintain this flow. And, of course, the main focus is to, to, to give my best from a creative standpoint and to be able to provide my clients to the best quality of work and something that they, they want. Right. We're taking a break from the conversation to tell you a little bit more about Inertia. A community-driven developer, Inertia is focused on supporting entrepreneurship, cultivating culture, honoring the arts, empowering sports, and building an infrastructure that allows for seamless travel. Their latest development, Jafera, is set to be Egypt's first year-round beach town. For more information on Inertia's developments, call 19655 or visit their Instagram page at Inertia Egypt. And now back to my conversation with Nadia. Okay, so what would you consider a career highlight? Definitely my, me and my sister's uh, brand, Noon, um, which is our bespoke furniture line. Uh, we just opened our showroom three months ago. Okay. And that was a huge milestone for us uh, because we see that there's a huge gap in the market And this was my biggest challenge at first, imagining certain furniture pieces, but not be not being able to source them anywhere. So I, I I took this challenge on and I said, why not do it myself? This is my, I think this is my biggest accomplishment so far, is just being able to produce my own line of furniture. And it's kind of, I think it's an edge that I have in Beit Nadia as well, because I'm able to produce anything I can mm. imagine. With designer, you know, the sky is the limit. And it's just kind of having your own muscles. Just I to do love everything that. on your own. So as someone who's been trying to like furnish her apartment, yeah, it's very difficult to find specific pieces. If you have edgy taste or minimal taste, either way. You said something, quality is really good, honestly, here. But I think, what would you say your design edge or aesthetic is like who are you designing for with noon we're actually trying to design of course we can't design for everyone but we're trying to to reach a lot of different uh, people even with our price points even with our design and that's why we develop different collections but we're mostly on the contemporary modern side nothing too classic nothing too heavy We got some feedback also from clients. Maybe things are, we use maybe heavier materials. So we're working on making things lighter. Okay. Uh, which goes with the modern, the modern design or the modern flow. We're trying to adapt and evolve with the market as well. And unfortunately, we have to uh, sometimes also see where the trend is going so we can accommodate. Yeah, so if I'm shopping, I can shop it online, right? So I can check it out on your website. We, you can find our complete collection on uh, online, Noon Furniture. And uh, we also have an Instagram page where you can shop there as well. Uh, most of our pieces are on there and you can take an appointment anytime. We do consultations. Amazing. If, if you want to furnish uh, spaces, because a lot of people come with, plan, with a plan, not really aware of the dimensions or yeah. how to combine the fabrics together. So you, we help you with that as well. And then we just generally 
try to to adapt to the market, adapt to the trends. To uh, we do have some classic pieces that will never go out of style as well. So it's just we just go with the flow, kind of. Amazing. What elements of art and fashion play into your work? Because I think. Um, specifically recently, a lot of fashion designers have been going into furniture design and the opposite. So do you, are you inspired at all from the fashion industry, from the art industry? You already mentioned art, obviously. When I take on any project at the start, I ask my client for some inspiration pictures, reference images that they like. I always ask for also fashion pictures like things they like to wear, colors, all of that. Because that actually plays a huge role whether you, you, you see it or not in yes. the space around you. And I can usually tell from whether you're very minimal, whether you're very uh, eccentric, all that. It really, really helps. So it's funny you ask that question because it's one of the questions and one of the things I ask for my clients is, please, if you find a red shoe that you like, please send me. The right. detailing, the color, the, the fact that you are attracted to this pop of color will help me. That's actually a very interesting point because I think it's so true. People, the way they dress and then you enter their home and you think, oh, okay, it makes sense. Like if they're super black and white or if they're really, really crazy dressers, there's like a sort of with pattern. With the art, with the colors, with the lighting, everything. So what's your signature style as Nadia? Personally. So it's evolving. <laughs> it's evolving. I think that my, my signature style is just mixing certain materials together. But I, I, I can't say I have a, a, a signature style per se, But because uh, I'm still finding my, my signature style. Because as I, as I told you, I'm still evolving. I'm trying to learn from some of my mistakes. Still growing to, to learn what I, I, I like or I don't like, actually, which is, which is weird. But I think that's how most artists are and that's why there are like different collections different homes different spaces but i have a certain set of details w doesn't matter i've always follow these details they're more technical okay but from the creative side i'm always trying to use different materials different color palettes new technologies new materials i'm still figuring it out What advice would you give for kind of someone who is looking to get into the interior design landscape? What's the most thing that like you wish you had known? Something you wish you had known when you started? I wish I had known to say no sometimes. Okay. To put my foot down. Just maybe not to drown yourself with too many projects. Okay. So that you can give each project its, its rightful amount of time. And not to burn out, to be able to, to maintain the level that you want. And sometimes uh, clients can ask for certain changes or do certain things that you might say yes to because just because it's their house, they want to live in it. But at the end, you're kind of their consultant, you're the, their designer. So sometimes you have to say no because this won't, it might seem like a good idea now, but it might cause one, two, three later on. And then usually that's what actually happens. I'm not convinced, but I'm, I just say, okay, because that's what the client wants. And then the, in the end, they're like, why did I do that? So I learned to put my foot down sometimes and it actually works. I used to be afraid to do so, but uh, it works. 
And how does it feel when a client walks in and you feel like they really love the space? <laughs> Best day of my life. <laughs> Best feeling in the world. Yeah. Uh, no, it really makes any. If a client is unhappy, I can go really. It's just it's a mood changer for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's amazing, obviously, if you're creating spaces for people to live in and then someone tells you a little later that they really are enjoying being in the space. Uh, it usually happens after they've lived in the space. They, they, yeah. It's usually a tough, it's a tough ride because <laughs> it's normal. And it, 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 it becomes very personal. Uh, very personal, Akid. So yeah, and usually we face so many challenges. And I usually tell my clients it's from the very start, it's like a marriage. Literally. <laughs> it's a bad marriage. And we have to be patient with each other. We have to uh, allow in each other to, to, to even like, we're going to face challenges, whether us as consultants or designers and whether the client will maybe have so many changes. Uh, sometimes they're hesitant because it's the first time they, they complete a house. Right. Um, sometimes we're late with payments. So you just have to be flexible and, and understanding and patient and everything has a solution. What's next for Nadia? Definitely branching out. Whether I'm, I'm going to uh, start taking on maybe bigger projects or working with real estate developers, just branching out. And I want to do things I've never done before. Because mostly my projects are, are s smaller, uh, uh, smaller spaces. I want to take bigger spaces. I want to challenge myself a bit more expand my furniture brand in Cairo first and then hopefully throughout the Middle East. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for Thanks being on so the much. podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, shoot me a text or direct message us on Instagram at Radical Contemporary where we'd love to hear your feedback and the topics you'd like to listen to. Also, you can check out our website www.radicalcontemporary.com where all of our content is available. Finally, we'll be hosting a new guest every week, so stay tuned.